Hey everybody, welcome to East to West Weight Loss Surgery, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April, and I'm the West. And I'm Jason, and I'm the East. So if you guys are watching us today on YouTube, uh, as Jason has now referred to this, I am in my secret layer still. <laughs> Living, living the glamorous life, uh, but we are very excited to talk to you today about something that uh, Jason and I have both experienced, both lived to tell the tale, <gasps> stalls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Jason, uh, what, what were you just telling me about this episode? You were glad that you had just broken your stall, and why is that? <laughs> yeah, I was def definitely glad that I have broken my stall that I was uh, bitterly involved in because this would have been a real different episode. There would have been just this anger to it that I just really didn't want to bring out, but it was just there. Just deep-seated, not like I, I was just, me and my scale were not friends. Me and 367 pounds, if I never see that weight again, I'll be super happy because, man, we hung out for like almost three weeks. Yeah. No matter what I did. It didn't matter. It, it's like it quarantine. Just there. Yeah, it's it just, just like, never hey, going away. Yeah. Like, hey, what's up? Remember me? Hey, I was here yesterday. Now I'm here again today. <laughs> and I'll probably be here again tomorrow. Just so you know, spoiler alert, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> That's exactly how it was. Oh, my gosh. Stalls are the most frustrating, if not the most frustrating thing about bariatric surgery, because you know that you're eating so little. I mean, I always comment my, my nephew, who's almost one years old, no shit eats more than I do. And I'm like, I don't understand how you can eat more than I do. And I'm still stalled or I'm gaining weight or I'm not doing anything. And here you are, you know, just like living your best life, eating more food than I am super, super frustrating. Uh, so this topic has come up a lot in our community. Jason and I, we've talked about it a lot. We've had a lot of people ask us, they reach out to us and they say, oh my gosh, I've been at the same weight, you know, for a week or two, is this normal? We're here to tell you definitively, yes, it is very, very normal. Uh, so today we're, we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about our experiences. We're going to talk about why stalls happen, what we can do about it, share our keys to success. Uh, and then, of course, we will wrap up with sharing uh, something that is adding value to our lives currently. Uh, but I think it's always important to say, right, Jason and I are not medical professionals. We are not doctors. We are not nurses. We are just simply two individuals who have had bariatric surgery, and we are sharing our experiences. So please don't take what we share as medical gospel. We're just here to, to share experiences and, um, yeah, and, and talk through something that you might also experience after bariatric surgery. Yeah. Okay. All right. So first things first. Uh, so if you guys are watching, sorry, I'm referring to my phone because I don't have two screens. My secret layer is not very well equipped, but, you know, <laughs> as Jason said, somebody's got to do it. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh, the struggles. Oh, the struggles, man. Okay, so I, uh, to start off this episode, I want us to all kind of get on the same page when it comes to defining what a stall is. So I just went to the interwebs and I Googled define stall. So when we're referring to a stall in an engine, it means that it's stopped running, uh, typically because of an overload to the engine, right? So something is putting so much stress on that engine that it just can't operate anymore. It's, it's at an impasse. Uh, so really, it, when we're stalling, we're talking about a stop or a cause to stop making progress. So something is, is getting in the way. Synonyms for stall, I thought were very interesting. They include the words obstruct, impede, uh, hinder, hamper, interrupt, frustrate, sabotage, slow, or delay. And I thought this is really interesting to me because stalls can happen for reasons outside our control 
and then stalls can happen for reasons within our control, right? We can sabotage yep. ourselves, we can slow, we can delay, we can impede, we can do these things to ourselves and then things get in the way that slow our progress. So really when Jason and I are talking about a stall, we're referring to a bariatric recovery. So in this episode, right, what, how and why do we stall after bariatric surgery? So really when you stall, you have stopped losing weight. You might even gain some weight and you get to the point where you want to punch holes in your wall with your bare hands. Yeah, That's a I'm stall. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, I have both been there. Uh, my first stall was experienced a week, a week two. So after I start to start to felt human again, I stalled and I lost no weight for seven whole days. And I have continued to have some pretty major stalls. I had about a month long stall recently. And even now I just stepped on the scale this morning. It's not the same scale that I use, but that scale said I was up five pounds. So I am clearly in a stall, if not moving backwards. Uh, that is definitely self-sabotage that involves alcohol and pizza. Uh, but again, if I know that, I can correct that and move forward. And like as Jason said, you were just in a, a seven week or a seven day stall, right? With your weight. Mine was I think mine all total was oh, it was close to two. It was close to two weeks. Oof. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I'm how talking many, about how many holes? I'm talking about <laughs> how many actually, holes have you actually none. I've gotten so much better at that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I that as I've grown in my age. Um uh, no, I honestly it uh and, and it wouldn't matter. I mean, I exercise. And what makes it, what makes a stall worse in that situation is, is when you're like, okay, well, all I have to do really is drink more water. And that didn't work. Or all I have to do is exercise and drink more water. And that doesn't work. What you have to come to the conclusion and realize one of the things that you had mentioned in your, you know, in your definition of a stall is when the the body or the engine has, just had too much of a load on it. So we've discussed this in the past and previous episodes where we talk about how your body just has to reset. Like you've lost mm -hmm. a ton of weight or lost, you know, e even if you, you know, to yourself, you think, well, I've only lost 20 pounds. 20 pounds is a lot. So huge. if you, you know, your body does this on basically a free fall level where you're just losing pounds and pounds and pounds a day, you get to a point where your body's going to have to regroup and kind of settle with everything that's, that's there before it can start up again and you start losing again. So, you know, I, I was stuck at, you know, where I'm whining about being stuck at two at 367 for two weeks within three days of coming off of 367, I'm now down to 360 pounds. So I basically lost seven pounds in four days. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that works. It's like you'll lose weight, you'll stall, but when your body starts back up again, it catches up. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to go through a stall for three or four weeks and all of a sudden you go, oh, I lost four ounces. Like, it doesn't really work that way. Like, no. you catch up and, and it all it all comes to, it all, it all definitely it eventually will round out. But that does not take away from the fact that it's extremely frustrating because no matter what, and there are just times your body just has to have that reset. So it's not going to matter what you do. You can switch no. up. You can go back to the all liquid diet. You can exercise. You can do whatever your little hit workout, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's still not going to move the needle on the scale. That's when your pictures and your measurements and all that stuff come into play. Because like we've said before, the scale will not be your friend all the time, but, measurements and and the rest of those the pictures and all that that they don't lie no 
no. You know, I always think when I, when I was reflecting on my own stalls, I, I have a lot of experience with carbureted combustion engines. I, I restored a 1965 Impala with my dad. My dad's a, a motorhead. Yes. Uh, and yeah, a beautiful car. It's amazing. It was like the best car to drive in high school ever. It was a freaking tank, fit tons of people. I mean, it was, yeah, you know, it, it was awesome. But that car is a carbureted car and you have to get the dials. You really got to tune that just right. So you're getting the perfect mixture of, of air and gas. And if you get too much gas, you're going to flood that carburetor. And there is nothing that is going to unseize that carburetor, but just time. I mean, that's it. You just have to let it sit. It's got to off gas. It's got to, right. It's, it's got to recalibrate itself. And that's exactly what's happening in our bodies after, after bariatric surgery. Uh, you know, you think about the massive change that your, all of your systems have gone through is, is something your body has probably never experienced. And it just needs time to recalibrate. It needs time to check in with itself. It needs time to figure out what the heck is going on internally. Right, so, so a stall is natural. A stall is supposed to happen. A stall is your body telling you, I need to pump the brakes. I need to figure this out. I need to recalibrate. I need to, I need to just, just figure stuff out again. You know, and after bariatric surgery, other things that can lead to stalls are your emotional, uh, emotional and, and physical stresses, right? Your life is still stressful. Things have not really stopped on those levels. Life is still moving forward. So you still have, have those issues. Uh, poor eating. You know, we went from eating probably uh, a symphony of foods before surgery to protein shakes, right? After surgery. So your diet has completely changed. That's going to take some recalibration. You're probably dehydrated, right? Because we're, we're only able to, to take very small sips of water. So again, your body went from probably being flooded to now being the Sahara desert almost overnight. So uh, hydration is a huge issue. And then of course, you, you've just had your stomach physically removed or you've had your plumbing physically altered. Massive changes, right? So all of these things, rapid weight loss, emotional and physical stress, poor eating, dehydration, healing, all of these things are recipes for stalls. So you are not doing anything wrong. You are just letting your body do its thing and its thing is, is going to be a stall. So it's important to know when it comes you're going to reach out to people and you're going to go, oh my gosh, is this normal? That's great. But in the back of your mind, you also have to know this is normal. This is going to happen. This should happen. Your body needs time to recalibrate. Uh, you need to unstick those things that are now sticking internally uh, to you because it's, it's the only way you're going to get through it. As Jason said, you can't exercise your way out of it. You can't necessarily drink your way out of it. You just need to you need to take a chill pill and you got to let your body um, obstruct itself. Yeah, definitely stay in the course. Uh, the one thing you don't want to do is get frustrated with the stall and start uh, kind of reforming bad behaviors. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to say, well, if I'm not going to lose any weight, I might as well just eat a burger and just say, screw it. Or I might as yeah. well eat this pizza or eat a sandwich with bread or, you know, yeah. you, there's just stuff that you, you want to stay with doing what you're doing because that's how your body's going to recalibrate itself and learn how to in, you learn that it's going to continue to intake those same foods that it's been doing because mm -hmm. you're reteaching your body what the new program is going to be. Mm -hmm. And if you stray from that and go back to bad behaviors, everything else is going to also, you know, it's, it's going to just re up on those bad behaviors and that's what it's going to be. And you'll wind up running yourself from a stall right up into, you know, regain, relapse, regain, however you want to, you know, however you want to phrase it. And mm -hmm. 
that's not what you want to do because no. coming out, you know, stalls are frustrating and, and resetting from a stall is frustrating enough, but regain and trying to lose the regain, that's something completely different. Yes. You and I both follow people and there are people in this community who have regained their weight after bariatric surgery. They're, they're a year out, they're two, three, four, five, you know, however long they are. And they're right back to where they started, if not heavier, or maybe a little bit less. But once you have, once you have healed, and if you do not continue to listen to the signals that your new stomach is sending you, you are not going to be successful. You're, you're, you're going to gain it all back. And then the one tool that you have to overcome the, those weight demons, right, to, to battle that addiction is now not going to be as effective because you have worked your way out of that, out of that tool. And that, that's, that's a real tough road to hoe. And we all know that because we've all been at our heavy weight and we've all tried everything that we possibly can do to lose weight and we were not able to. The only time that we were able to lose weight was with our bariatric tool. And if if you let that tool get rusty on the shelf, oh man, that's that's not going to be good. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not, and and it's no. so it ha everybody that we talk to, everybody that we've seen, all say the same thing. It happened so easy, mm -hmm. so fast. Mm -hmm. I fell off the wagon, and next thing I know, uh, you know, the forty pounds that I've lost before surgery is already back, or the yep. forty pounds that I've lost since surgery, it's back, and then some, and I'm back to eat you know, yep. all the bad things. And, and just because, you know, your, your tool is just that it's a tool. It doesn't fix all surgery will not fix your brain. It doesn't fix the way you think it doesn't fix your addiction to food. But if you aren't careful, you'll stretch your stomach right back out again. It can mm -hmm. be done. It, mm -hmm. it very easily can be done. So that's mm -hmm. one of those things that you don't want to get yourself back into that situation where you know, this, you did all this for nothing. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, stall, stalls are, are normal throughout the entire bariatric recovery process. So I'm almost a year out. I'm currently experiencing a stall. You are a couple months out. You have also experienced a stall. So I think, you know, up to six months prior to surgery, kind of all of those reasons that we talked about earlier are what is contributing to a stall. Once you get past six months, your, your, your body is, is healing. It's well on its way to healing. Your stomach is well on its way to healing. Uh, and I think the only thing that changes after six months is really for me after six months, a stall is, could be my body, but a stall could also be what I'm eating. That's the biggest, I think, difference when it comes to the further down, the further down the road of recovery that you get, a stall, you really have to start problem solving from, okay, is this something I did to myself or is this, is this part of the healing process? Uh, because after six months, all of those, all of those things that we mentioned above could still be contributing to a stall. But now the thing that you have to factor in is your increased food consumption. Right, because now you've, you're healing or you've healed, you feel great, everything feels very normal. Your stomach has naturally healed, which means that now it's starting to function as it did before, as just a, a regular stomach. So when you consume food, it's going to expand a little bit, it's, it's gonna contract, uh, but you now have the ability to eat more and more and more. And even though you're going to be uncomfortable, 
if you fall back into your old habits, if you fall back into your old ways, if you eat too uncomfortable every single time, you are just consuming more calories than what you naturally need. And that is going to lead to a stall and that's going to lead to, to, to a weight gain. And that is where the work comes in. Just like what Jason said, if you fall back to your old habits and your old ways and, and your old, um, consumption habits, you're going to, you're going to stall out and you're going to regain the weight. Yeah. One of the, one of the most important things about the, the farther out you get, like a lot of people buy those bariatric plates and bowls and the really small serving size, you know, mm -hmm. silverware and, and plates and dishes and things. What you, what you really, or when you really need those things are when you get around April's time frame. Once yeah. you start getting into that, because what you'll do is, is you'll get a regular plate and just for, you know, old time's sake or just your, your mental kicking in, you'll fill it. And yeah. what you'll do is, is your mind will tell you, well, you still have food on your plate, so you, you better keep eating. Because we've all been told from the time we were young, you know, mm -hmm. if you, you eat what you get. So if you get that plate and you fill it up, you need to eat what's on there. So mentally, we're going to try to do that. And mm -hmm. if you have a smaller plate, keep within your smaller portion size, you limit the ability to continue to do that and push your stomach to its limit every single time you sit out. Now, you know, like she's like April had said, you get to the point where it's no longer a thing of if you eat too much, you get sick automatically and your stomach kicks it back. Like you don't always have that. Like I've never had that. I, I still mm -hmm. to this day don't. I've not gotten sick one time, knock on wood, since yeah. I had my surgery due to overeating, over drinking, drinking too fast after surgery. Like I just didn't have any of those issues. Yeah. So for me, I've had to be extra cautious about how far I push myself because that'll, you know, that's going to happen. And like mm -hmm. I had a, I had a meeting, I, I met with my uh, nutritionist for my three month post-op on the, this past Thursday. And I talked to her about all that. I was like, I'm super scared about, you know, my overeating. I'm super scared with this stall that I'm in. And she let me know two very important things. She's like, a stall is really a stall where you have to put in effort for a reset if it's a month or longer, if you've been stuck at your weight for a month, then yeah. we got to start looking into what we can do to reset it. Mm -hmm. She's like, what you've gone through is just your body resetting and need to need to update. Yeah. So, and then my other thing I asked her was specifically about overeating or how much I'm eating because right now, pretty much my focus has been anytime I sit down to eat, it's been on meat. Because most of the vegetables and everything like that really kind of folds my stomach up and makes me feel queasy. So I stick to meat because meat doesn't bother me. And yeah. I make sure I hit my protein goals. And what my nutritionist had told me was, she's like, look, if the only reason I would bother you right now to add something other than meat to your diet at this point would be if you're feeling hungry an hour later or, you know, you start feeling like you're snacking a lot. She's mm -hmm. like, then you can add vegetables that you can tolerate in with the meat that you're eating. That would be the, when I would change that diet. She yeah. goes, so that way, if you're going to eat more of something, it's going to be vegetables, not meat. So you're not getting too much of the fatty meat in there, which makes a ton of sense. So for me, I, I'm, I'm not really feeling that at this point in time. So I'm sticking with the meat. So a lot of that is, is you just got to, 
worry about how the amount of time you've been in a stall as to how you need to approach moving past that stall. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely at the place now where I'm noticing I'm snacking a lot more. I'm also, I'm not at home and um, I, I'm not making my own food as often. You know, when I was at home, I was making all of my food. Well, now I'm, I'm at, this is my, my family's secret lair and my family is here and my mom is preparing a lot of food. My grandma's preparing a lot of food and they're serving me different sizes. And what I'm really noticing is that, you know, like the other day, my mom served me uh, some fruit and like cottage cheese. And I said, oh man, mom, that's, that's way too much. And she just said, well, you don't eat what you can. Great. Yes, absolutely. Well, I found I ate the whole thing. And I was like, oh, that is so weird. And I didn't feel overfull. It, you know, took me 30 minutes and, and I ate everything. And I thought, okay, this is, this is really strange. Then the next morning we had cream of wheats. She served me a bowl and, you know, it was a, you know, a, a serving. And I just thought, oh man, I, I think that's too much. And I could only eat maybe a quarter of it. And I was full. And what I'm noticing is that regardless of whatever comes to me, if something, if food is being served to me, I really need to then use my intuitive thinking. I really have to listen to what my body is saying. And I need to stop eating when I am full. And that is a challenge because I didn't do that in my past life. And I'm realizing unconsciously that my brain is just eating to to a capacity that makes it uncomfortable constantly and the real work comes in to saying no i am full my body's telling me i'm full and i need to be i need to be done i need to i need to push this away i need to walk away i need to not eat it um but i really think that having those serving guides would be helpful not only for me but for other people in my life because it's like no th this is my this is my serving uh and and I don't have that up here, which which would be helpful. Uh, but it is a it is a real struggle. Those old habits are just right, you know, right right at the the top of my brain, and they just don't want to give up the ghost. No, they really don't. And it's one of those things where, like what you're talking about, it fits perfect into it's it's situational because yes. at your at your home where you're used to doing your thing that's where you form most of your habits. Yeah. So when you're at home, it's natural for you to stick with whatever habit you do. It's when you go out, it's when you go to your vacation spot, it's when you're in a hotel for any kind of travel, it's when you're at work, which is a different situation. You're going to automatically you know, transition to how you, because you're different people everywhere you go. Your mindset's not the same. When you go into work, you're, you know, you're in work mode. You go to vacation, you're in vacation mode, which usually is way more lax than anything else. You know, you don't exercise like you normally would. Your eating habits change. Everything's going to change. So what I would recommend in that situation would be to get some of that, the, the bariatric, you know, dishware and get it in plastic so it can travel with you because that way you stick to your habits. You know, if you've got a water bottle, bring it. If you've got your plate and, and spoon and all that stuff, bring it because that way you'll stay, you know, it's, it's a conscious thing for you because when you unpack, you unpack your dishes and there you go. So that way, you know, every meal that's made, everything that's done, you'd be like, well, those are your dishes. This is my dish. So when you're making my plate, it's got to fit in here. It's got to fit in this bowl, this cup, this dish. Well, you know, this is my utensils. And that way it's not only you know, you're not only training your own mind, but you're training other people's mind as well. Like in your situation, you have other people making food, 
you can tell them, be like, yeah, you can make whatever you want to make for me, but it's got to fit on this plate or. That is such, it's su that's such a good point. I never even thought of that before, which is so ironic. I mean, I, I work with kids in an alternative environment. I, I work with a lot of at-risk youth and we spend so much time talking to them about code switching, right? How, how, y who you are is not, a, you're not a bad person. How you act is not bad, but it's going to require that you switch what side you are presenting based on where you're at. Like you can't act like how you act normally at home at your job, right? So your job requires you to, to, to code switch, your, your school requires you to code switch, you know, your football team requires you to code switch, and then your home is gonna require you to code switch. I, I didn't even think about that, but that is so true because really i'm struggling now but i'm on summer vacation i've really kind of gotten to the point in my summer vacation where i'm not working near you know i'm i'm, I'm offline basically right I, I have absolutely switched and i have gone to this different environment and i have not brought any of the things that i was doing at home into this new environment and i think what, what i'm really using it as an excuse is why i'm on vacation or i'm away or i'm at the cabin or i'm here i'm there you know i'm doing all these different things uh, and i've brought some elements with me right i've brought my i've brought my my water bottle i've brought my premier protein i've brought my my bean protein you know i'm still focusing on the higher protein foods but i'm also snacking a lot and i'm also eating at different times and i'm around different people and yeah and i have not brought all of those tools with me uh to really in, engage in the process right. i would have and never thought about that and, and it's for you know we're, we're not saying don't go on vacation don't relax no. don't get out of your element at all like please no. please do those things those things are completely necessary especially in times like this when we're all cramped in the house and we're starting mm -hmm. to get cabin fever and we just need to move around, those things are, are awesome. And they will assist you in every way in your weight loss and keeping your mental health where it needs to be. But you just got to stay within, you know, your, your normal little guidelines of what you've been doing. Don't, don't stray from your program because your program is your program. It's going to be different from mine. It's going to be different from April's. It's going to be different from if you have another friend that's had surgery, like, it's all going to be different because, you know, what works for you is what works for you. So just keep that in mind when you move around and, and travel and work. And if you're going back, because we got a lot of people that are starting to head back to work, it's yeah. the same thing there. You want to make sure yeah. when you go back into the office that your habits stay the same as they were at home in regards mm -hmm. to your, your, whatever your personal journey, you know, program is. Mm hmm. You know, and that's, it's interesting because, yeah, I mean, a, a stall can be physical, right? So we can have a stall in our physical weight. We can also experience stalls in our, in our habit building loop, and we can experience stalls in our personal life. We can ex experience stalls in our emotions. And I've really felt the past maybe month, I guess, probably ever since school kind of wrapped up, maybe month and a half, I have just felt disconnected and I have felt stuck and I also don't feel a need to get unstuck yet if that makes any sense I'm just feeling very uh, I guess uh, yeah isolated I'm feeling very off track I feel like I have not only fallen off the wagon but I have fallen off the wagon trail like I am I fell down a ravine and I'm somewhere in like a different type of environment I'm just feeling very you know like oh my god like the wagon train is left like I don't even know where I'm at anymore <laughs> 
but that is, you know, I think that's just all about a stall. You just get to a place where you just hit a wall and I don't quite have the energy yet to crawl over that wall yet. I think it's going to come, but man, it's a, it's just a very stymied position that, that I find myself in, but it's normal. I think even pre-surgery, I felt this way, right? Stalling out in our personal life is not something new. I think the added element is that I look different. I feel different. I'm starting to live different. So why am I stalled, right? This shouldn't, this shouldn't be the case, but that's, that's false thinking. That, that's, that's a story that I'm telling myself that is not true. Uh, stalls are just a part of the human experience. It's just how we overcome those stalls uh, is what makes the outcome different. Yeah, no, that's that's hundred percent right, and and one of the things about it is, is like you had said, you feel like you just don't have the energy to work past it at this time, and yeah. that's normal because yeah. this is this journey is not for the faint of heart. People want to call mm -hmm. this the surgery the easy way out, and it's funny that they say that because it's it's nowhere near the case. That's not true no. at all. No. And we all know this, uh, we all know the journey that we've been on and we know that it's tough. And sometimes you need to rest, you need a break. What you want to make sure is, is that that break doesn't become regain. Like you can stay, you can calmly relax at your stall, whatever it is, because it's still better than the number that you started. Yes. So that's the point. You need to celebrate your wins, even the small wins, because wins are wins at this situation. Like, you know, it's, they're all battles won in the war we wage against weight loss. So that's one of those things that you just, you know, you take a rest, take your time, you know, regroup, think about it. Um, don't overthink it because, you know, that's not going to help you at all. So you just take your breath, you take your minute and, you know, as long as you stay within what you've been doing, you're going to, at least you're going to stifle the weight, the regain. Because yes. even if you sit, like I said, even if you sit still at whatever your current stall weight is, it's still better than where you start. And you yes. want to start from that. You want to start from the stopping point, not from a regain point where you got to come back. Because once you hit the weight you were stalled at, you're going to be mad because, like, if I just would have stayed where we were to begin with, I could be so much further down than I am now. Yeah, th this is really where the work comes in. Is and and this is what I've talked about with Wendy with, with my therapist. Is that you know everybody's going to get to this point in their weight loss journey and the work is now living differently than you did before, right? Because if I didn't, if I was tired, if I, if I just said, nope, I'm done, I would go back to my old eating habits and I would, I would put back all my, all 107 pounds. And, and I don't want to do that. So now this, this is the work. This is the work of figuring out, okay, how do I move forward? How do I continue to lose? How do I maintain? And how do I make different decisions? How do I listen to my body like I've never done before? How do I make different decisions? You know, yeah, time, time to bring the tiny plate and tiny spoon with me everywhere that I go if, if I want to be successful. So Jason, you and I, we really kind of brainstormed some, some keys to our, yeah, right, keys to success and really how, how do we overcome these stalls? Um, 
I think, I, and, and I've already made, I, I got my tracker. I'm going to post it on Instagram later on today, but I made a tracker for, for my entire summer. I mean, you've seen the, the monthly trackers that I made. I made one from June and I realized uh, shit was, I was off the wagon trail. When I looked at it the other day, I had not checked a single box. There, my, I'm, I spent an hour making this tracker. I did not track a fucking thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I have lost my wagon train. Like I, every literally, I was like, oh shit, I am in a ravine getting eaten by wolves at this point. <laughs> so I sat down last night and I made a tracker for all summer. And I was like, I have got to get my shit together. So my, our very first piece of recommendation, my very first uh, thing that I could recommend for how to, how to overcome a stall is track everything you put in your mouth. Uh, and I'm going a little bit beyond, um, I'm, my, my goals for the summer are, I'm tracking four things. Uh, I want to track a meal a day. So I, I rejoined Weight Watchers. I'm tracking in my Weight Watchers app, but I, my goal is to track just one meal a day, which is better than what I've been doing uh, currently. 70 ounces of water. I'm going to track my water. I'm going to track activity. Now, you and I have talked about this often. You are not going to sweat your way thin. You are not going to cardio your way thin. The, the most powerful thing I ever learned in Weight Watchers was this statement. Fitness happens at the gym weight loss happens in the kitchen. And once I heard that, it was like, oh my God, I've been thinking that I can like, you know, why well, ate, you know, a slice of pizza today. I'm going to go work on the treadmill for an hour. That don't do shit. So the only thing that impacts your weight is what you put or do not put in your mouth. Uh, so the flip side to that is though, I'm not going to live a healthy, vibrant life if I'm not fit. So in order for me to great, I've lost a lot of weight, but I'm not going to be able to do anything with this body if my muscles are you know, are stagnating. So I need to be active every day. So for me, that means walking or kayaking, paddle boarding, swimming, uh, jump roping, yoga, doing all these things that I love to do. So above and beyond my daily activity, I need to do something additional. Uh, so I'm going to track that. What's the additional thing that I'm doing to move my body in a way that is above and beyond what I do in my, in my everyday life. Uh, and then I forgot the third thing or the fourth thing that I was tracking, but there are, oh, vitamins taking my vitamins. Uh, that's the one thing that has not fallen off the wayside for me, but I need to continue to, to track it. And then of course, I'm, I'm going to go to my weekly virtual Weight Watchers meetings. Uh, but short or long story short there, tracking is a key uh, to, to overcoming a stall. Uh, and that is going to be key, key for me because if I don't track, I get a look back on this month, like, like I did with June. And I'm going to say like, Oh no, like I got in my water. Like I, I, well, I, I was active bullshit. I probably didn't do any of those things. It's just my brain telling my, you know, I'm telling lies to myself, you know, sweet, these sweet little lies. And it's like, yeah, no, I, I can't do that anymore. As Atomic Habits, that book, James Clear says, right. You can't change what you don't track. I have to start tracking again. And I don't know what's going off the rails if I don't track. That's the only way that I can be identify things that, that are that are causing the stall to happen, and the only way that I can identify things that I can do to overcome my stall. Because I'm 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 beyond the your body's healing stage. I am to the point now where I'm doing things that are obstructing. I'm doing things that are causing myself harm, and I need to identify those things and I need to change them. So tracking is the only way to do that. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense, um, and that's funny that you say that because there's you know you can set yourself up with all the tools and all the things <laughs> but you still have to do the actual work like making the tracker doesn't fix everything 
because you still got to track it. <laughs> you still got to mark yep. the boxes. You still got to do the work. You still, still got to do it. Yeah, exactly. My husband, so, my husband is always he's he he's a very loving way of pointing that out. He'll say like, you know, you spent two hours making that, and you never once engaged with it. And I just want to like rip his fucking head off. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna kill you. But it's so <laughs> true, right? It's like what you said. You can you can buy all the apps, you can make all the paper trackers you want, but if you don't engage with them the action of making them does not actually do anything. It's not right. a magic thing. You actually have to make it or you actually have to buy it. You actually have to engage with it for, for it to, to work. So, you know, the, the, the power in tracking comes with actually doing it. So as I have found, I've tried digital apps, I've tried paper. Uh, I continue to go back to my paper. That seems to be where I'm most successful with tracking big things. But for food, the Weight Watchers app works for me. Um, I think it's just important, keep trying things, keep doing things with fidelity and find something that works for you. What works for me isn't necessarily gonna work for you, but keep trying things until you do find something that, that sticks for you. Yeah, no, because I'll admit that 100%. I'm awful at tracking anything. I don't track I don't track a damn thing. The only reason yeah. I downloaded the Barry-tastic app, and the only thing I do with it is every, like, couple of weeks, I'll remember I haven't logged my weight in a while, and I'll, oh, log, yeah. in, and I'll, log, I'll log my weight <laughs> just to see how close I am to be, to getting off of the morbidly obese yeah, just overly obese. Like yep. that's my main thing right now. Yeah, I am down. I am down. My BMI is down from. Uh, I started. I think this whole thing. I started at fifty six. My BMI was fifty six, and as of yesterday, when I put my weight in, I'm down to forty three. So. Oh, look at you! Yeah, it's it's moving in the right way. It just yeah, that that's literally the only thing I use that app for. I'll be like, oh yep. yeah, I forgot, and yeah. I'll put my weight in and be like, woo, okay, <laughs> just keep it moving. Yeah, I just, yep. uh, I'm just not a tracker. I never have been. I will just. You will be. You'll get there. I, I just think back to how many, how many bottles of water did I have today, and is it enough? And oh yeah, that'll be fine. But when I talked to, actually, when I talked to my uh, nutritionist the other day, she told me that I was getting more water than what I was supposed to be getting. Not that it was a bad thing. She was just like, yeah. "You're getting about double the water you're supposed to." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Boom! Look at you. Hey, sometimes dumb luck is a thing. <laughs> Hey, I'm telling you, because like I said, I just I just drink and do what my body will hold, and and luckily enough, I can drink about four and a half ounces at a time. Yeah, that's so, pretty and amazing. Bother, and it doesn't bother me, so it makes it easy because my water bottle is only 24 ounces. So yeah, I yep. just I, I I hit that about four ounces at a time, and luckily I can get about three of them in a day. So good for you, man. That's awesome. Okay, so the other thing that we recommend to, for overcoming a stall is mix up your recipes, right? Explore new flavors, explore new spices, new cultural foods. Um, the other thing that I have sometimes turned to as well is a meal delivery service. So if life gets busy or if I'm just feeling overwhelmed, there's so many meal delivery services out there. Uh, I've tried many of them. They've all been fantastic. Uh, and it's a really great way to kind of mix stuff up and to ensure that you have leftovers for the next day. I've always found that those meal delivery services, one serving, one, one meal usually equates to two or three meals for me, which is really nice. And I don't need to think about lunches, um, you know, for the next couple days, or I don't need to think about breakfast or lunch. Uh, so know that there are some options out there. If you're feeling stymied, if you're feeling stuck, uh, if you're feeling uninspired, perhaps by the food that you're eating, uh, check out all of the different meal delivery services. And they're so easy now. They always have a discount. You could try it for a week or two. And if you don't like it, you can cancel. Uh, there's just 
there, there's a lot of things out there that you can do to, to kind of mix stuff up. So I, I definitely highly recommend that. Right. Well, and also one of the better things about that is, is a lot of those delivery services, things like that, they offer a lot of spices and things that mm -hmm. you would may not normally use. No. And, I, and I figured out that um, since my surgery, uh, adding a little more spice and a little more seasoning to the food, uh, the more flavorful you can make it, the more full you will feel when you're yes. eating. So yes. you, will eat, you will eat less uh, mm -hmm. if it really comes across as real flavorful. You yes. end up not eating there as much. So Yes. We just tried, um, we did purple carrot for three weeks. And I knew we were only doing it for three weeks. But it was all vegan. It was amazing. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was so impressed uh, by that. And, and things that I would have never, ever purchased on, on their own. You know, spices I'd never heard of or ingredients I'd never heard of, we were cooking with. And it was just, uh, you know, a whole, a whole new, you know, like universe opened up. So, right. yeah, definitely, definitely a good thing. Uh, our next, uh, our next tip, review your notebook. So go back to the, 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 the notebook, the Bible, the thing that your surgeon gave you, and you need to reread everything because maybe there was something in there that you missed or you forgot, or you're forgetting on purpose. And maybe your eyes need to, your eyes need to revisit what your surgeon originally said. Uh, I know I did that about six months out and I was like, oh, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that. Or, oh, I, I didn't know that I could or should be doing that. So there could be information in there that you're missing. Uh, and it's always worth a, a reread. Definitely re revisit the, the instructions that your surgeon has, has given you. Well, also, yeah, and also with that referring to your, your bariatric Bible, like for myself, I hadn't realized that I had changed into a new phase of oh. post-op recovery. So mm -hmm. in, in things where some of my levels had increased, I, I was not aware of at the time. So when I met with my nutritionist, she let me know. She's like, yeah, you're now down here and you should be doing these, you know, this level of things. Yeah. So I know a lot of times we don't really like, we'll think about when our surgery date was, or we'll think about how far out we are, but mm -hmm. we don't think about that in terms of what phase we're in as yeah. far as the recovery process goes. And if our, you know, if we need to be getting more protein or more water, or if yep. we need to start adding, you know, complex carbs in there because yep. we think of post-op carbs bad you know get away from yeah. me don't don't do that yeah yeah and because i the more i said that to my nutritionist she just laughed and she was like you realize you need some of this right like you're yeah. not going to continue to lose weight if you don't bring some of that introduce some of that in no but you need to do it in the way of fruits and vegetables yes. not bread and crackers and that kind of yeah. thing and, and, yes. you know, that's, you know, and, and she wasn't saying that once you do that, you know, if you do have crackers or a piece of bread, it's a death sentence. She was just saying, like, you need to make sure that you're getting them in the, in the most, in the more positive way versus, mm -hmm. you know, going to what you know as carbs, as bread and pasta and things like that. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That, then the notebook or the information that you got from your surgeon, that, that is, yeah, that's got to be one of the first places that you go because there's information in there that is, I mean, that, that's what you need to be doing. That's what you need to be following. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the, our, our next tip, as you guys know, you've been listening or following us for a long time, near and dear to my heart, find a counselor find a professional that you can talk to. There are people out there who specialize in bariatric recovery or bariatric uh, patients. Seek somebody out. Uh, 
and, and go and talk to somebody. Even if you talk to them, you know, one time, that's okay. Finding somebody neutral, finding somebody that you can just kind of brain dump on, uh, oftentimes helps you realize things that you maybe not have realized. I mean, Jason and I, every time you and I talk, we, we both leave, I think, going, oh my God, I never thought about that, right? Like, just like what you said earlier about like, you know, the code switching stuff. I would have never thought about that. But just because I'm, I'm expressing my frustrations or my wonderings verbally, I'm getting feedback in a way that I've never gotten it before. So talking right. to somebody can be so powerful and can really help you, you know, come up with that key piece of information that you were missing before that will help you break that stall and, and move forward. Uh, yeah. So find somebody that's the best. Yeah. That, that's key for me for sure. And the really nice thing too, now, like even my counselor, Wendy Rawlings, she's seeing patients nationally now digitally. So just because somebody's located in a state doesn't mean that they're not accessible to you. So do your research, try on a bunch of different people, kind of interview different people and, and, and you will find somebody who you will connect with. It could just take a little bit of time, but it's, I think it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it could be, you know, whether it be a, a, a therapist like that, or if it's somebody that's, a, if you have a connection in, in your bariatric surgeon's office, or if you have a PA, yeah. or somebody, mm -hmm. somebody that you're comfortable talking with that you can bounce ideas off of, just somebody. Because I know that there, you know, there could be stigma in some people with therapy and they don't want to feel like they're going to the shrink or whatever it may be, yeah. you know, whatever's going to help you get the information that you need, whether it be reaching out to us versus, you know, in, in, just in our messages on Instagram, whether, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable. If, if we don't know the answer to it, we'll definitely get you the answer to it. Just uh, somebody that you can actually speak with that you don't feel like you're just stuck in something alone with no way to get out of it. Absolutely. Uh, our next piece of advice, mix up your activity, but not for the reason that, that you might think, as we said earlier, you you are not going to stair step your way to to your goal to your goal weight. The only way you're going to get to your goal weight is through what you eat and drink. But when you mix up your activity, you are activating different parts of your brain. Uh, you you are just kind of creating an, a new landscape. You're creating something different. And sometimes the the shift up here helps the shift in your gut, right? Everything is connected. So just challenging your brain in a different way, challenging your muscles in a different way, challenging your thinking in a different way can help you get out of the rut that, that you find yourself in. So just, you know, change stuff up. If, there, if there's a class that you've been wanting to try, find it virtually, right? If there's an activity that, that you want to try again, give it a whirl, right? I mean, now everything is, is digital in this, in this pandemic situation that we find ourselves in, but it can be a gold mine for trying new things or for accessing materials that, that, that weren't available before the pandemic. In a lot of ways, it's kind of cool, right? And people yeah. have gotten so creative when it comes to offering content in a digital uh, way. I mean, yeah. like sky's the limit at this point. Yeah, it definitely is. I think we're seeing, you know, for, for as bad as this has been, we're really seeing a lot of positive changes come about because there's mm -hmm. stuff you never would have had access to if, mm -hmm. if this wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just the, the world was so closed off to this way of thinking. Yeah. You're really starting to see how much of the internet was wasted. Yeah. And we just took for granted the fact that we had all of this information and ability at our fingertips and, now it, it's like it's a whole nother whole nother world mm -hmm. yep it's pretty amazing pretty amazing
So, so think about mixing it up. And then the, the last piece of advice uh, that we have is take measurements and review your progress. Uh, even though we're stalled, we have to remind ourselves how far we have come. The scale is not our only measurement of progress. Uh, those before and after pictures, measurements, uh, even like keeping larger sets of clothes. So I, thank mm -hmm. God, somebody recommended this. I kept my largest pair of jeans and I think I kept a large shirt and a, and a, a bra that I had. And every time when I'm feeling down, and I just think like, this is ridiculous and I'm going backwards. I will go put on those pants or I will go put on that bra. And it's just such a wonderful check on how far I've come. Yeah, a hundred percent. I laugh. It's funny that you said that about the pants because when I got up this morning, I went to grab just a pair of like basketball shorts just to put on to go oh, yeah. do stuff around the house. Yeah. And I was like, oh, these pair are comfortable. And I grabbed them and I went to put them on and I pulled the drawstring as far as I could pull it, tied it, and they fell to the ground. And yes. I was like, well, damn. Yeah. Yes. I didn't even need, and I, and I wasn't even looking for a check. I was yeah. just like, I was just looking for some shorts. I was like, man, I'll put these on. And they fell smooth to the ground. And I was like, well, I can't wear these anymore. And yeah. I was like, well, just around the house. And then I showed, because she was in the other room. And I went and showed her that I, I tied them really tight. And I just let go. And she was like, or not. Yes, I know. So it's just, it's one of those things you just, you don't even think about. Because no. in, in a situation like me, I'm, all, you know, I'm, I'm just over three months post-op. So for me, it's a different situation. Like I'm still, like I hit that stall at 367 and I was so upset yeah. about it, but I was still wearing pants that were 10 sizes smaller than I was wearing at my largest size. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's the kind of check that we're talking about. It's like you put yes. on those pants, you put on a, a shirt that you haven't worn in two or three years mm -hmm. and that will let you know real fast. That, yes. yeah, the scale's not always your friend, but at the same time, you have to, non-scale victories are just as important as scale victories are. Now, I know our mind wants to equate everything to the number you see on the scale, and that's completely normal, yeah. but like April said, you keep the measurements, you keep the clothing, you try those things on, and celebrate the small wins. Celebrate every okay. win. It just doesn't matter. Because that's going to keep you in the positive mindset you need to be successful in this journey. We, uh, my husband and I took a, a weekend, a long weekend trip to a little tiny town here in Washington state called Winthrop. It's in the middle of nowhere. It took us like five and a half hours to get there. Uh, but one of the things that we did when we were there is we kayaked uh, the Metau River. And I brought a pair of Nike running shorts. They were 3X because I didn't have any other like water type of shorts right. and and I put them on before we left and same thing they fell off drawstring down they fell off and I was like well this is all I have though I, I need some shorts when we're kayaking it's, I'm just gonna this is what I'm gonna bring so okay well when we got to Winthrop we spent uh, half the day kind of going through the shops and they have a lot of outdoor shops there there's tons of outdoor activities in in the Metau Valley and uh they had these like skorts women's shorts or it's a skirt but there's yeah. shorts that are built in underneath and the oh they only had size large and I was so pissed and I wanted to go up to the manager and be like you know that not every woman is a size large you know and I was gonna get on my my horse about size inclusivity which is important gonna get all, gonna get all Karen on them 
I was, I was, I was, I, and I love getting cared about size inclu inclusivity because I think it's very important. Uh, but my husband was like, well, just try on the larges. And I was like, oh, I just, no, it's going to make me feel bad about myself. And I don't want to, I tried them on and they fit. And I came out of the dressing room and one of the uh, employees was like, oh, those look great on you. And I wanted to turn to him and just be like, oh, you asshole, you know, you, you don't carry the right size. But I just checked myself and I was like, they do. And I looked at my husband. He's like, those fit, you know, and he, that's what he told me. He's like, they fit you. And I was like, Oh my, so I got size large. So for me, I went down nice. four women's sizes. Nice. And even though I was enjoying myself, I drank a lot of wine. I, we had dessert. I ate out, I, you know, even now I'm up. All of that stuff balances out the bad balances out the good. So having those different sizes going through those experiences is what is going to help you get through the difficulties of stalls or those small little regains, right? Like you said, I might be up, I might be stalled, but I'm also down 107. I'm also down whatever that number is, you know, I'm, I'm in a size large, you know, uh, it's just, yeah important for for overcoming it, it definitely is i mean and everybody you know everybody like we said is going to approach this differently everybody's going to need their own time frame to get yeah. past it to make sure and do whatever they need to do to keep in the positive mind frame yeah. and times like that taking a little time off and, and, and allowing yourself a little bit of leeway is another huge you know part to this process because if you yeah. stay so rigid, if you stay, you know, it's if you stay so black and white about it, like these are my lines. If I get outside these lines, everything is wrecked. Yeah. What happens with that is, is you won't fall off the wagon. You'll dive off that bitch mm -hmm. because you'll think, oh, well, geez, you know, uh, you know, if I just stay between the, you know, between yeah. these lines, everything's going to be great. And the second you just eke outside of one of those, you know, you'll, you'll sabotage the whole thing because you'll be like, well, I screwed up once. So I mean, what's the point now? I might as well just go ahead and take this whole thing and just dive off. And, and this is just my new life and this is how it's going to be. Right. So it's a, you, throwing out the baby with the bathwater that, that exactly. metaphor. Exactly. Yeah. So well, and even, even in the definition of a stall, the word sabotage is a part of stall. And we, our, our brains and, and every fiber of our being so wants to go back to the old ways because that's how we lived it for 20, 30, 40 years. And if we don't overcome that urge to like what you say, just throw it all off because now we stepped outside the lines once, it's, it's not, it's not going to end well for us. Right. A hundred percent. Yep. Okay. So to quickly summarize, we've got four big keys to success for overcoming a stall. Know that it's okay to be frustrated. Do not let it consume you. Know that this will pass. You will keep losing weight. If you have stalled for weeks or months, you need to take a real deep, honest look at what you have been eating and then focus on the measurements, how your clothes feel, how all of the things that you can do now overcome the stall because look at what you are able to accomplish now. So those are, those are four big things. It's okay to be frustrated, know this will pass. If you've stalled for weeks or months, you have to look at what you're eating, nothing else, what are you eating? And then focus on the measurements. Does that sound about right, Jason? Uh, yes. Well, I don't know about you, but I have come away from this conversation uh, with some new ideas about how I need to overcome my stall, my current yes. stall. 
definitely, definitely same. Yeah. Um, Jason, I want to start ending our podcast by talking about things that are adding value to our lives at the moment. Uh, and the, the, the biggest thing that's adding value to my life is I found a series. It's a video series. I found it on Instagram, uh, but it's available on YouTube. And now he has his own website. But the series is called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Emmanuel Ocho, I don't know if I'm saying his right, right name, yeah, A-C-H-O, Emmanuel uh, Ocho. He is a professional athlete. He's no longer on the, the sportsman side. He's more on the broadcasting side. But he is having conversation. He's a black man, and he is inviting uh, his white friends, allies, uh, p- you know, famous white people in for conversations about race. They are amazing. And I so appreciate the fact that he's doing this because while I understand now that it is not anybody's job to educate me about race or race issues in the United States, I appreciate that some people are willing to have those conversations for people like me who have a lot of questions, who are having difficulties maybe finding the answers and just want to hear some conversations about it. So, you know, he has talked with Matthew McConaughey. He's talked with Chip and Johanna Gaines and and their family. He's talked with many different people in all facets of life. And the conversations are raw, you know, especially with, with Matthew McConaughey, you know, he just, Matthew McConaughey asked a question about like race. Well, you know, well, it, it was kind of one of those questions that you think, but you don't want to verbalize because it could be perceived in a very bad light. And he just asked it, you know, Matthew McConaughey just asked the question and I was like, Oh, Oh, he did. You know, I kind of had one of those like, Oh God. Okay. But I wanted to ask that question. And Emmanuel Ojo, he was just so honest and he was just so, you know, brave. And he was just so like, no, like, that's why I'm doing this series is so you can ask these questions and we can have yeah. these uncomfortable conversations and I'm not going to judge you and you're not going to judge me. We're just right. going to get it out there and then we're going to talk about it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is just amazing. Uh, so we will, I will link the, um, I will link it in our show notes so that you can just click the link. Or you can go to his website. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I highly recommend that, um, everybody checks out uncomfortable conversations with a black man. Awesome. Awesome resource. Just so thankful that that exists. That is definitely adding a lot of value to my life right now. <laughs> yes. Um, those, yeah, those, that series is great. The Matthew McConaughey episode is fantastic. Um, yeah. and like you said, I mean, that's, that's one of the things about it. That's why they have it. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be uncomfortable now. So it's not uncomfortable later. Once yeah. we get everybody on the same page, uh, as far as race equality and things like that go, that's that's what they're striving for. So that you know, let it be a little uncomfortable in the beginning, so that it can be comfortable, you know, after the fact. And and that's really kind of I've been taking a boots on the ground approach, more or less, doing just direct conversations with people, uh, not only uh, my friends of color, but also. Uh, trying to educate those that are my same color that may not see the things the same way that I do, or mm-hmm. that you know you and I are trying to you know convey on the on our on our platform, but trying to do the same and trying to get people that that may not understand exactly what's going on, yeah. bring them to a seat at the table so that they can understand exactly why things are the way they are. 
Mm -hmm. So to me, that's kind of been adding value to my, you know, to my existence lately is just trying to make this a movement, not a moment and continue on with what's, what's been happening. And that way, bringing more people into the fold so that the movement gets larger instead of having a, you know, taller hill to climb. We want to bring more people so we can push each other up that hill, no matter how steep it gets. Yes. I've been it's been so interesting. I'm watching more TV now than I did when I was, <laughs> it sounds weird, living at home. Like my life is wonderful. I'm not getting a divorce. I just, I have these places that I can go that are not my home. Right. Uh, but my parents watch a lot of news and I've just been, you know, watching the news with them. But all three of us are commenting. We can't believe how instantaneously the commercials have changed. There is a person of color represented in every single commercial now. And as we've noticed, we're seeing commercials up here in like a very white part of Washington state that only feature people of color. So the other night we saw, it was maybe an insurance commercial. And my mom and I looked at each other and we went, oh my God, there was not a single white person in that commercial. And the fact that we're even noticing it, the fact that we are seeing things changing instantaneously is helping us understand just how insulated we have always been. Right. And it's helping us, you know, really kind of understand what people of color have been seeing their entire lives. Like all of a sudden now we're on the other side of that. And we're going, right. oh my God, I didn't even know that was a thing. And now we're just, yeah, just the realization and the understanding of things is just, I mean, night, yeah. day, night and day. The, the importance of... And, and that's you in, in the age brackets that you guys are in now. Imagine yeah. when we were young and impressionable children, not ever seeing someone on TV that looked like you, yes. that you could relate to. Yes. And so that's what pe you know, people you know, think about and say, well, who cares who's in a commercial? Well, yeah. you don't care who's in a commercial because everybody looks like you look. Yes. So in this instance for you guys, you finally are starting to see commercials where nobody looks like you and yeah. you take a second to think about it and you go, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's when we're of our age to understand, not when you're younger and don't understand and go, well, how come, you know, all the princesses and all the Barbies and all the TV and all the everything looks like my friend, you know, Lisa at school and nobody looks like me. You know, you're yeah. trying to tell me that there weren't any black princesses or there weren't yeah. black kings or queens or, you know, and that's, that's one of those things. And it doesn't just go for black people. It goes for, you know, Asian mm -hmm. people, for Middle Eastern. Like there's, there's people yeah. all over the globe that have been. Any, any person just, who's a minority. Right. Not just misrepresented, but unrepresented, just completely yes. not available. Or you yes. get, you know, movies, you know, where you have to get John Wayne to play Genghis Khan. Like, um, I don't know if you own a map, but <laughs> John Wayne was not born where he could be Genghis Khan. And mm -hmm. that's just not right. You know, mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that you start to think about all that in the, and it's more of a, a totality of thinking. If you think about it in such a totality of so many years of this being portrayed a certain way, mm -hmm. you really start to kind of unbox and scratch the surface of how, how heavy this, you know, this subject is. So that's just trying to, you know, our way of trying to bring, help bring light to it from our platform is just kind of a way, like we said, we're trying to help further the move.
Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I know that there's been a lot of conversations and I've seen a lot of backlash from people who have much larger platforms that we do. You know, people are like, you know, you overestimate yourself and you think that you're so special and, you know, this isn't the place for it. And I, I just, I cringe and, and I recoil at that because this, this is a conversation that should be happening on every platform in every facet of life in every corner yep. of, of, of our lives. This impacts us at every single level and it impacts us regardless of what color our skin happens to be. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I'm hopeful at change at meaningful change when the Mississippi legislature voted to remove the Confederate flag from their state flag. And that floored me. I've spent maybe a day in Mississippi. It was not a place that I ever wanted to go back to based on what I saw just in the one day that I spent there. So to know that they're making changes on that level makes me so hopeful because I know that I know that people don't have those intentions. I know that I know that people with bad intentions sometimes get the loudest megaphone. So I don't want to judge an entire state based on that. But now I can I have hope because that entire state has voted to to make those moves. So that makes me hopeful. And then it was the the archbishop of somewhere. I'm not religious. Never have been religious in my entire life. But the archbishop somewhere said it was time to start envisioning Christ as he actually was, who was a Middle Easterner. And I was like, oh my God. Like the fact that that was said, I was just like, wow. I mean, you know, th things are changing on so many different levels, like what you said, you know, and it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a total re-envisioning and it's a bit of a reckoning. And I, I think I'm there for that. I don't know what that means for me as a white person, but I know that it's time and I'm just going to have to deal with it. And that's going to be okay. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, you, you get people, there's people in, of extremes in all areas of life. Yes. So you people are, are going to get, you Not are going <laughs> to, right. You're going to get the extremists that say, you know, that, that are going to, scream out one thing but really the the true reality of it is is we just need to learn to be all inclusive we need to learn to all operate together we as one we as a unit are stronger together than we are divisive we yeah. need to remember that it's not yes. that you know the 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 larger faction of important people in this situation do not you know that they, they don't want to see you know, the collapse of, of Caucasian society. They don't want to see no. all white, you know, they're not going for the all white people are bad. So let's take them no. down. It's not no. that situation. So no. they, everybody just wants to be able to live equally, have their say, have a seat at the table. And we just need to accept that and encourage that. And yes. like you had said about the platform, I, you know, whether we're talking to two people or 200 people, or if you have yeah. a, a base of 200,000 people, yeah, you have a responsibility at a certain level to be on board. Because yeah. if you're not on board with it, it's, you know, basically what they say, the silence is being complicit. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're okay with somebody or you're not comfortable enough to stand up and say, treating that person that way is not right yeah then there's a problem with that because Correct. you've well, because, got to be what? yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you but yeah oh, by, right. by not saying something it's 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 me telling the world that i'm okay with that and and if i 
am a person who wants to live my values, then I need to take some risk. And the risk that I'm taking is not the risk that millions of people have been taking for their entire lives. Me speaking up, me saying I don't agree with that, or me saying that's wrong, me saying that, well, by you saying that, you're not actually living the values of this nation, that's not a risk. I mean, come on, come on. I just, yeah. No. Yeah, standing up and saying that another person should be treated as as the same as another human being, that there's no risk in that. That's just no. it's inherent human nature. Yes. To, to want to, to not want to devalue someone based on whatever it is your scale of devaluing someone. Like just well, because somebody I've... doesn't look like you, that that could be the same for a fat person, a black person, an Asian person. Yes. Just those things. Like it's 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 the this exact same thing like you just yes. can't sit there and say well that person's different from me so they're not the same they're not as good as i no i mean if i want to be a if i want to be a patriot if i want to be an outstanding american citizen then i need to look to my founding documents and make sure that that what's the what's said in those documents is happening i mean it's not even like a cultural thing it's just a patriotic thing i mean it's just like I, yeah mm. Mm. T times are changing and I am, I am here for, for that change. And I am, I am so thankful that people are willing to have these conversations with me, that people are willing to educate me, that people are willing to create content that helps me become educated and that people are willing for me to make some mistakes and still be an ally along the way. That, that's, that's been a, a huge thing. There are people that are going to say, you know what, you're going to mess up. It's okay. We appreciate what you're doing and we're going to help you do make change in a way that, you know, th that is going to actually cause change to happen. So. Well, right. And the dif the difference is that is when they see that the, the intent is genuine, when they yeah. see that there's no malice behind it, when they see no. that you're trying, making an effort to be better, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that's, that's when the help comes in. So, and that's, yeah. that's a, it's a beautiful thing that's happening. And I really hope that uh, the, the movement continues. I do too. I do too. All right, friend, as always, I, th I think we've done it all. I can't think of anything else we could possibly say about stalls, and I can't think of anything think else so. we can say about <laughs> the things that are adding value to our life. As always, I appreciate our conversations, and I appreciate your, your honesty and your openness, even though we're at two very different places and uh, we're two different people. I'm, I'm always amazed at what we, we learn when we get together and, and have these conversations. I agree. I think uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been positive every time. It's been just one of those things we both walk away with feeling enriched in our uh, in our daily lives as well as our our surgery recovery so yep. i think those are two very beautiful things that we're managed to do for each other each time we meet absolutely so as you guys know, we record this podcast on Zoom. So if you would prefer to watch us, because we're adorbs and, and we, we, we do a lot of things with our hands and with our, <laughs> with our faces when we're talking, you can watch us on YouTube. So all you need to do is go to YouTube and search East, the number two West underscore weight loss surgery, and you're going to find our channel. And there you can watch our podcasts. Uh, lots of great stuff there. So you can subscribe to our channel. You will be the first to get notified when new content is published. And of course, you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcasting apps so we're on apple Podcasts, we're on spotify we're on anchor we're on uh, almost too many to name at this point so you have unlimited access to all of this content that, that we are producing 
Uh, the other thing that Jason and I strive to do is we only want to produce things that are of value to you in this community. So if you have an idea, a suggestion, a topic that you want us to dive into, please send us a message. Uh, you can find Jason at the underscore Smithsonian on Instagram. You can find me at Actively April on Instagram. Uh, you can also message us on our East to West uh, Weight Loss Surgery Instagram page. You can yeah, there's a billion ways to get in contact with us. So please do reach out and let us know if there's something that you want to dive into. We also really want to welcome you onto the podcast. So if you uh, have something that you think that you would like to contribute to this community, please let us know, reach out to us so we can invite you on and we can have these conversations with, with you uh, as well. So we are always looking for new ideas and we're always looking for, for guests. Uh, yeah. To, to create content that's, that's valuable to this community. Definitely, yes. Like April said, you can find us on Instagram at east2west underscore WLS. It'll be the same thing when you find us on uh, YouTube as well. Please uh, leave us reviews because we are we're getting subscribers, we're getting listens and downloads, but the reviews are a little slower than uh, we need them to be. So that's going to help us spread the word with the podcast. So please do that for us. We definitely appreciate it. Um, the love and support that we've uh, received from you guys so far has been amazing, outstanding. Yep. We could not, uh, couldn't do this without you guys to make sure uh, and continue to let us know that we're doing the right thing. We're saying the right things and we're doing things that resonate with you guys. And that's just amazing for us because she and I just decided to start this as a way to fill a hole that we found in the, uh, in, in our need for information uh, pre and post-op. So you guys coming through and letting us know that we're still doing it right is is helping us tremendously. So we thank you uh, for the support that we've received so far. Yep, we, we, we wouldn't be here without without you guys. And we, we very much appreciate all the support that, that you have already given. And if you find this content valuable, please share it with your friends and with your family, share it in your bariatric communities. Uh, we just, we, we wanna spread the word far and wide because Jason and I, feel that bariatric surgery was the best decision we ever made in our lives. And we really want to destigmatize weight loss surgery within our community and, and just in general. It's, it was an amazing thing that we did. We know that that decision is hard to make and we just want to provide a safe space for people to continue to make, make those decisions when it comes to bariatric surgery. So thanks, thank you for that. All right, my friend, I think we did it. I think so. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your reviews and your feedback. Uh, yeah, and we look forward to seeing you on the, the next episode. <laughs> yes, you guys take care. Thanks, guys. Bye.